this is FYI, a series of podcasts featuring the biggest challenges in marketing and advertising telling their stories. These are honest and open conversations and will break down the barriers as to the who, the why, the what and the how of best-in-class marketeers from a variety of different sectors. Each week we'll be profiling a different person, learning about their journey and having a bit of fun along the way. This week's podcast guest is Ricardo Dawson, founder and CEO of Yorkies, a transactional tech platform for house builders, developers and estate agents. Originally studying and practicing as an architect, Ricardo eventually realised he had a passion for marketing, so moved into a sales and marketing director role at a London-based house builder. He was responsible for the end-to-end buying and sales process, and through this experience, Ricardo realised the stress and complexity in house buying, so decided to launch Yorkies. We talked to Ricardo about the unique journey from realising a market problem to creating and launching a product and securing that product as a property tech giant gaining millions in investment and working with house builders nationwide. My name is Chris Gunn, co-founder and managing director of Love Gun, and this is FYI with Ricardo Dawson. Ricardo, how's it going? All right, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Thanks for being on. So uh, with each of these, bit of a quick fire round, break the ice, have a bit of fun to start off with. So what is your favourite holiday destination? Sicily. Nice. Why? Uh, spent some time there, worked there when I was sort of 17, 18, learned a bit of the language and obviously my mum's Italian, hence my uh, my strange mix of very Italian first name and very English second name, <laughs> uh, but fell in love with the place and yeah, I like to go back for a, for a week or so every, every year, so yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, agreed, nice place. Uh, one item you couldn't function without at work? Uh, is my phone the too obvious? Yeah, but uh, no, let's go phone, but one app that you couldn't function work-wise. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I should be saying like a spirit level or something, but that's, <laughs> that's totally irrelevant and nothing to do with what, with what I do. Uh, Gmail. Okay, Probably. yeah, your email's fine. I'll take that. Right, a ridiculous one. It's got to happen. You've always got Marmite covering your hands or your hair is made out of chocolate my hair's made out of chocolate so it's going to melt down my face yeah especially now or i can't pick anything up everything's marmite well i'd really i love marmite i'm from burton on trent and so they make marmite and bovril there so pretty much everything's covered in marmite there anyway <laughs> so, uh, it, it wouldn't make no one would tell the difference so i'm going with marmite okay nice um Derby win the Premier League or England win the World Cup? Oh, oh my God. That is that is tough. Um, oh, imagine England winning the World Cup. Imagine the party on the streets would be amazing. <laughs> um, but no, Derby have got to win the Premier League. Okay. Win the Premier League. We're nice. getting, we get shit on by you, Forest Lot, all the time for your Champions League wins. I'd just love to have something to say. Just calm you down a bit okay nice all right i i've asked a few of those and everyone's gone for their club so very interesting uh next one what's your nickname uh nickname i've already got one rick rick okay that's fine we'll take it we'll take it what would be your last meal my last meal uh, someone asked me this the other day actually he asked me i got uh, breakfast 
breakfast, lunch and dinner if I was on death row. That's like a slightly more sinister way of asking the same question. Um, it was shredded crispy beef with egg fried rice from a, from an amazing Chinese takeaway. Okay, good shout. I was, I was, I was sure you were going to go down the Ita- Italian route, but, you know. What, what, what proved... was yours? <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've never answered it. Uh, mine would probably be like an amazing burger, um, like beef burger with like blue cheese and stuff. Fine. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, favorite social media platform? Um, Instagram, typically, but I'm quite into TikTok now. Okay, nice. Down with the kids. Are you recording TikToks or just browsing? Just watching them. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've not taken the leap yet. I'm. Okay. I'm not a very good dancer, so don't really suit me. Nice. All right. <laughs> Look forward to that one. Um, and then, are you a podcast listener? Yeah. What was the last one you've listened to that you'd recommend? Uh, this morning I went on a walk and listened to Peter Crouch one. Um, I love that. It's great. Uh, I also like Carragher's one. I don't know if you've... If I, um, no, I, I can't bring called, myself uh, to listen to that. <laughs> it's called, called The Greatest Game. It's, it's decent, actually. Okay. But yeah, I like that. Nice. Well, um, you may have guessed Ricardo's a football fan. Uh, who would have thought it? So, that was it. All good. Quick fire questions done. Now on to all about you. Um, so yeah, thanks again for coming on. As a, um, I'm, I was talking to you pre-podcast, and uh, we were very excited to get you on just because of what you've done in terms of you know working in property, seeing a problem, going for it, and creating a product, um, a piece of technology that um, that basically answers a lot of problems. So let's kick off. What is your keys? What does it do? Who's it for? And why? Okay, so well, Yorkies is 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 a transactional and data platform for um, for sellers of property. So what people will be familiar with, we're actually we're a B two B company, so we sell to to house builders and estate agents. Um, but what people will know about the property buying and selling process is that it is massively convoluted. There's lots of people involved. It takes a hell of a long time. There's lots of analog processes um, and paperwork in there. And actually trying to get all the people sort of rowing in the same direction um, and communicating between them because, you know, there's four or five people involved in every transaction and they can be different every single time. Is a nightmare, and mm-hmm. and as a result, it's you know a sixty day plus transaction. Um, the fall through rate is crazy. Almost one in three transactions basically completely fall out of bed, and and buyers lose a lot of money. Um, and it's you know it's considered one of the most stressful things ever. So what we did was to basically say, well, there's a couple of points as to why this happens. One is because. Uh, actually aggregating all of the data and all of the information, not only about the buyer, but the plot as well, um, and the development itself or, or the home that you're buying, aggregating all the information about that takes a hell of a long time. But all of that information is sort of publicly accessible. So we built a, a workflow that um, basically automates gathering all of the information about you and the, the property that you're buying. So for anyone who's bought a property before, they'll know they send you documents. You've got to go down to a post office and get your ID checked. You've got to send in bank statements. You've got to do, um, you know, get a proof of address and post that. And it's all a big mess. Basically now, all of that information can be pulled together through the Yorkies app. 
So you just get a link sent to you, you scan your face, you take a picture of your ID, you sign all your documents, you pay your fees, and it takes about 15 minutes. That process typically takes about three weeks in, in the current world. And the second part of, of what we do is actually giving people transparency and oversight of the transaction moving forward. One of the reasons that it's such a, a pain point um, is because communication is bad. You know, you're being asked about, go and get searches, go and hire a conveyancer, um, get this from your mortgage broker, this surveyor's going to do this. And, you know, as a first-time buyer, you're thinking, oh, what the fuck is all this terminology about? You know, I, I, and, and there's so much jargon in it. Um, and the people that are sort of there to guide you through it typically are, are not very helpful. And so how we decided to do this was um, to actually tie together, and this was a really, really complicated piece, was to tie together all of the back office systems of the, the major players within the different verticals within the transaction. So the case management systems of the lawyers, um, the systems of the lenders, so some of the major banks, uh, the mortgage brokers. So effectively what you can do now is I'll send a link to, to you, Chris. You'll complete all of your information in the same way that you're signing up for like Monzo or Starling. It's done in 15 minutes, dead easy. Um, you can then select one of over a thousand different mortgage brokers or conveyances. They've all got um, they've all got trust pilot ratings built in there and costs and everything. And you select, right, I want you, I want you. That distributes that information into their systems directly. And then as they do their job, just day to day, updating their own system, it pulls back all of those milestones and those updates back into you, the buyer and the seller. So everyone is kept up to date in real time as to what's going on. And what we've seen just by those two things that sort of on the surface, they're simple, but actually building the bloody thing's been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um you can and, and what we've seen is actually the mortgage broker now doesn't need you to go and do all your AML checks and your, your ID checks and your proof of funds. Your lawyer doesn't need to do it again. The the surveyor then doesn't need to ask for it again. Law, the, the lender doesn't need to ask for it again. We're creating a single point of truth that is all automated super quickly and then passed down the supply chain and relied on. So no one no one's duplicating effort. Everyone um, is relying on the information that was put in right at the very start. And we've seen the transaction time reduced down by 19 days on average. Wow. Customer uh, feedback is fantastic. You know, you can like, buy your property now like you're buying something on Amazon. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But actually, it's all just process and admin that we've, that we've automated. So, you know, now we're working with some of the biggest house builders and agents in the country. So mm. it's, um, it's, it's, it's going really well. And we'll be scaling into the resale market towards the end of the year. So, um, so hopefully, for not just buying new homes, which we're focused on at the moment, but actually the second-hand market where we're going to look to disrupt as well. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds simple, doesn't it? In terms of obviously not simple creating it at all, but the idea just sounds like, you know, why has nobody come up with this before, you know, especially with uh, the the technology revolution, which was, you know, began tens, t well, I mean, 20 years ago or so. And um, let's break it down even further. So if I am a house buyer, at the moment, it's for new builds only. Will I have already found a house by the time I plug into your keys? Yes. 
Yeah, so we're not we're not a CRM, so we don't do um, we don't do anything in sort of viewings and and negotiations and stuff like that. We're strictly transactional. So once you've found a buyer, um, this me talking out being the, the house builder now. Once you've found a buyer um, and you've agreed, you know we're going to give you this discount on stamp duty. We're going to throw this flooring in, or you know your upgrades and extras that you've chosen. At that point, you input that deal into uh, into your keys, and then it pulls together everything surrounding it and passes it down the supply chain. Makes sense. So taking a taking a very large step back, where and when did this idea come to you? Because obviously, you know, you worked in the industry. Was it a frustration, or just one day you were like, "Wait a minute"? Um. Well, interesting. I think. Well. I started off as a, as you know, as you know, as a as an architect working for um, uh, Gensler, a company called Gensler, big American firm, biggest design firm in the world. Um, straight out of university, you know, a bit daunting actually, sort of in the offices right next to the Gherkin, after spending three or four years in in Birmingham it was a bit of a step change. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, whilst doing that, got exposed to working on Facebook's offices, um, on Shanghai Tower, GCHQ, wow. Apple stores. So massive sort of scale brands and, and projects, and, and really enjoyed it, loved it. And because Gensler is such a big company, there are lots and lots of verticals within, um, and this is a good thing about working for a big design corporate, I suppose, is that there's lots of opportunities for you to sort of hone what you enjoy and, and get stuck into stuff that otherwise you wouldn't necessarily be exposed to in a smaller firm. So what I sort of found myself interested in was, um, well, residential, uh, residential designs have always been really fascinated with how people live. You know, we spend 90% of our time indoors, how we engage with, with our spaces, um, how that sort of the, the dialogue between indoors and outdoors. I know it sounds stupid, but when you, when you sort of convert that into the retail environment and the work that we did with, with Apple, you know, the, the, the psychology that goes into understanding how people shop in those environments, you are you are almost not in control of yourself. Yeah. You know, you're guided through to the left, the way that the steel plating is is um, put on, onto the floor and onto the desk, it guides your eyes. Um, and that you are going through the journey that the architects want you to go through. Um, and I always found that fascinating. And... I started working on some of these projects, and then after three years at Gensler, um, a, a house builder came to me and said, look, um, we are going to be delivering a couple of thousand plots over the next two years, um, and we want to do things differently. And you know, I've, I've always liked that <laughs> as a phrase. <laughs> we, we want to do things differently, and it's, it's uh, tough to not want to go and get involved with that. And I was sort of like, well, you know, you're a house builder. What is it actually that you think you can do differently? And they said, well, we're going to start from scratch. What does it mean to um, to acquire land? What does it mean to um, to develop architecture for residential and, and commercial buildings? Um, how are we going to engage buyers with the sales process? And we want to do things completely different. And we want you to basically give us guidance and and look across the group and and look at all the various touch points and make them a good experience for the people that we're that we're engaging with i thought okay i'll give that i'll give that a go 
they offer me a bit more money as well, which, which that always which, helps. Yeah. Always helps. <laughs> always helps, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it wasn't just for that, by by no means. Um, so went and went and did that, and we sort of started acquiring these sites and you know building out the the designs for these schemes, and it was all going really well. And um, then we sort of sat around the board table one month. And it was the, the sort of first couple of schemes were about to sort of start on the marketing campaign. So we start to, you know, instructing agents and starting to look at the design um, of, of the schemes and all that stuff. And I sort of stupidly now <laughs> thinking, I put my hand up and I said, I'll, I'll look after this. And so then, you know, seven years of studying um, turned into becoming a sales director for a, for a house builder overnight. <laughs> Which is a bit bit weird, um, but that's when that's when I met you. Yeah, that's right. So we started um, working with your the, your your old firm, yeah, Dave, new previous uh, agency, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, you know we, we we did things a bit differently, right? We were you know, doing yeah. pop up marketing suites in Piccadilly Station. We were doing uh, sort of AR stuff and, you know, massively digitizing that process. Um, And then sort of after a year or so of doing that, we realized that there was something much more fundamental about the process than actually the house builders are capable of changing. Um, And that is just the the inherently fragmented nature of the process. And that leads to a really poor buyer journey. Um, And that comes back to some of the stuff that I was was describing before. Duplication, loads of time, loads of jargon, um, customer service across... Across that sort of space was was pretty bad, um, and just kept digging, just kept digging and digging and digging and going. Why? How can we solve this? What can we do? Blah blah. blah. Um, and as a result, we um, came up with. Well, I, I sort of went to um, a, a guy that I now know, who is my co-founder now, Craig, who we worked with in digital marketing, who had um, built sort of B two B companies previously. And I said, look, mate, I've got this idea um, and I'm not going to do it for, for Shape, who I was working with at the same time, uh, at the time. I want to go off and, and do it together. Um, and, you know, spent the next couple of months sort of wireframing what this idea was going to be. And then Yorkies was born and, you know, we've made a hell of a lot of mistakes on the way through. <laughs> this was something that you're sort of going into a, a legacy industry that has you know it's like it's like pulling out of the eu you know it's not as easy as just leaving you know there's there's a hell of a lot of relationships and and stitches that you've got to unpick that are really deep deep seated yeah and the interest industry our industry sales process is exactly the same thing and they've been doing it the same way for since like the 1920 town and country planning act or something um, so actually changing the mentality there has, has been really difficult. I will say COVID, um, you know, like, like we, we discussed before, as, as bad as it's been um, for digital companies, it's probably been the greatest marketing campaign you could, you could, have, you could have wished for because mm. it's accelerated people's need to digitize by, I, I would say, five years yeah. at, at least. Um, and you know we've we've now raised we're twenty three staff we've raised five million 
quid um and yeah some of the at our transactions now um, account for about 10 percent of all new build transactions um across the uk and we're, we're growing sort of 30 40 percent month on month wow that's incredible so i say we're getting there <laughs> <laughs> good um so in terms of your role your role now is what what predominantly is your is your the most of your day-to-day is the ceo role so is it more sales you know you talk about trying to convert a you know an old hat old school industry is that is that most of your time communicating or because obviously you're an architect by trade obviously you're not drawing drawing uh, buildings anymore no uh, I, so we sort of took a conscious decision not to because I, I sort of started off as the the, the product owner you know, the product leader so so moving from i suppose architectural design to product design it's not massively dissimilar sort of go through the same process um but as we've grown i've, I've retained that role so i spend probably 30 40 percent of my time on the product you know engaging with clients getting feedback doing wireframing prototyping working with our ux um, designers to to look at how people are going to be using the platform and what benefits. Um, so I love that. That's the part of the job that I don't want to get rid of. Mm. You know, there's a there's still a sort of design flame in me, and I don't want I don't want to get too pulled away to um, into the sort of finances and you know which is obviously important. But for me personally, I've got to get enjoyment out of doing my day to day. Yeah, working on the product, I, I find that great. And, in comparison to architecture where you can turn around things so quickly i actually think that i enjoy it more <laughs> an architectural project takes three four years to come to fruition whereas this stuff we can we can build it and test it in two weeks and i love that mm. but yeah there's still you know there's still the financing and the and the sales piece as well and um engaging with all our partners obviously we have a hell of a lot of partners as a result of sort of being a a data layer that sits between lots of stakeholders in the process mm. so managing those is um is, is a big part of, of of my job as well yeah i can imagine across all, all those um different different people and different companies so how how do you how do you fund a, a giant tech startup like this um through various phases so we started off and, and there's loads of ways of doing it right as long as as long as you sort of get there there's loads of ways of doing it um they borrow and steal right yeah exactly oh god yeah <laughs> a lot of ducking and diving on your way through yeah a lot of uh, a lot of promising um we started off with like a what's called a sort of friends and family round so the government do a scheme called scis which is seed enterprise investment scheme i think um where basically it's one of the reasons that the uk has got such an enormous amount of startups in comparison to the rest of europe um is the government will um basically give you uh, 50% of, of any of your investment back in that first 150,000 if if the company should um, should def- I think if it defaults you get an extra 25% back but you can actually claim within 6 months sort of 50% of it back in mm. in tax rebate um, so it makes it incredibly attractive yeah they can do that for your first 150,000 and that's what we did as well and, you know we just did it from friends and family and people that we that we thought, you know, thought the idea had had legs. Um, And then you've got sort of EIS, which is exactly the same sort of scheme, but it's, I think, 30% back instead of 50. Um, And we raised half a million quid doing that. 
Um, and then it starts to get a bit bigger. So we raised sort of one and a half million um, in pre-seed funding from some uh, some sort of angel investors, so sector related angel investors. Yeah. I always encourage anyone to do that. Um, there's smart money and there's dumb money. And if you can get the smart money, which are people that are in your sector that can help you with their contact book, their little black book, help you with advice, and they've got then a vested interest in, in your company, look seek that money with with with, with everything that you can um with everything that you can muster yeah um because there's the, there's nothing more valuable than you know than intros from someone that's respected or having someone credible back you mm-hmm. even for a tiny amount of money even if they've put a thousand pound five thousand pound in just to say that you know for us um you know we can say the chairman of galliard invests in us loads of the directors from JLL and, and CBRE invest in us. Mm. Um, and in our early stages, that goes a long way. Um, so so I'd, I'd definitely encourage people to do that. And we, we did that. And then since we've raised another 3 million quid in sort of VC money, yeah, and we'll, we'll go out towards the end of this year and we'll be raising another sort of somewhere between 5 and 7 million in our, in our Series A. Nice. Bit of spending money there. Bit of walking around cash, yeah. yeah a bit of petty cash. <laughs> so, what what about them monetizing this? So, I mean, is there is there a subscription for the partners involved, or how 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 do you make money? And also, are you are you monetizing it already, or are you still kind of in developing it? No, it's it's monetized already. Um, we 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 do have a trial period for all of our new clients. Um, the license fee, which is paid on a monthly basis, is based on the number of developments that you've got. So it's it's pretty low, you know, in comparison to what you pay agents. It's for us, it's two hundred and fifty pound per development per month, and then there's a flat fifty pound transaction fee at exchange of contracts. Um, and then, obviously, across that network of lenders, conveyances, mortgage brokers, there's various upsells and referrals that um, that you can sort of plug into to, to generate um, sort of secondary revenue there as well. Um, and there's also services for the buyer as well. So we, we offer like a concierge service um, at a certain point in the transaction, which is, you know, not, not invasive. It's totally free for the buyer, actually. But we then get um, we get some some referral uh, income from from the suppliers. So if they buy furniture packages or Wi-Fi or insurance mm. or anything like that, um, it's not not forced on them at all. They can they can take it or leave it, and it's completely free service for for the buyers to use. Um, and there's 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 income there as well. So okay, that's quite a few entry points. Yeah, nice. And you can download it in App Store, or is that how it works? Yes. Yeah, as a buyer, so you'll get a link when you when you buy a new um, plot, when you buy a, a, a property, you'll get a link through to your phone to then um, to then download it. It's not a Yorkies app because it comes white labelled as the as the house builder. So, um, but you'll see powered by Yorkies uh, on it somewhere. But if you are going through a sort of digital transaction um, with your house builder, then uh, and you're buying a new home, it's it's probably coming from us. Okay, so it can be white labelled. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Sounds good. So in terms of scale, that's huge, then, because I'm assuming there's a lot of house builders that are quite precious about that. God, yeah, 
Yeah, especially, um, you know, the Barclays, the Eco Worlds, the London Squares. Um, they, and well, the majority of them really, um, they, they care a lot about their brand and, you know, so they should. They've spent a lot of money on, on curating it and, and getting your brand right is um, is incredibly important. <laughs> Don't I know it? Yeah. <laughs> well said, Ricardo, well said. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know a branding agency that can achieve that for me? I do, I do, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so in, in terms of you then, like, would, would, if I, you know, do you reckon when you graduated from university, you know, you're an architect, if someone turned around to you now and said, you, you know, you were, you were spearheading this, this tech revolution when it comes to property, would you have believed them? Was this always on the radar for you? No, nowhere near. No, I, mate, I, I still can't believe it. That, um, that that the people that we talk to on a daily basis are just uh, you know it, it it's crazy. We we talk to you know the the, the heads of these major PLCs, the, the legal and generals, the the, the Barclays, the Barretts, um, you know the, the MHCLG. We're 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 part of the home buying and selling group. We're, we're actually co-creators on this new sort of. Uh, standardized reservation process that we're that we're looking to create and it's just um it's just amazing and it, it doesn't go unnoticed with me I, i'm starstruck constantly <laughs> just the fact that you know it's it's little old us and we're we're having these conversations and and we're making these changes and these people are acknowledging us and and you know we're we're getting traction with it it's um it's something that i don't think you should lose touch of because it sort of keeps you keeps you grounded a little bit but yeah no i wouldn't have i wouldn't have expected it in um when i was in uni i wouldn't have expected it three years ago <laughs> yeah because it's a brave move isn't it because you know you you put so much into uh studying to be an architect and then you know pivoting into you know what is a predominantly marketing role right it's you know initially when you went to the house builder and now you know you, yeah. you are in the ceo role it's it's totally different to you know what what you put your heart and soul into for seven years so a bit of a brave move yeah it was a bit scary um well yeah just just that really it was it was, <laughs> it was scary um and i did have it, it was scary but i didn't I didn't dwell on it for too long. Like it wasn't a case of right, I'm gonna come back and you know talk to my wife about it. Loads talk to my family, talk to my friends. It wasn't it. It wasn't as big as that. Um, it was quite an insular decision mm. that I then told everyone this is what I was doing. Yeah. Rather than sort of a big advisory piece, because I think if you do that sometimes, you can you can end up talking yourself out of it. Um, Whereas if it just feels right instinctively, then you know, take a take a deep breath and jump. Yeah, absolutely. You did, right? you did. Well, yeah, I think interestingly, we obviously you know we worked together in uh, previous roles, and you know you were you were you were my client. Uh, I was about to say you were effectively my client. No, you were my client. Um, and we, I started Love Gun, and you started Yorkies. I think within a month of each other, right? I remember meeting up with. Uh, Peter Preedy from JLL, and we went for some beers, and yeah, we both started these businesses, um, which obviously super exciting. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we've always stayed in touch, and you know, discussed the journeys, and obviously very different journeys. Did you expect to scale as quickly as you have uh, as a business? Was that always the plan? No, 
no. Um, I think initially the, the, the plan was to just build something that works, you know, as, as clunky or as, as painful as it needs to be to build. Just, just build something that is, you know, an MVP, I think they call it, the minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. Just build something that, that offers a little bit of value. You've, you've identified the three key pain points. Just build anything that can alleviate if not all then one of those one of those those things um and then once you've got that one user connected to another user and that's sort of the the problem that you're trying to solve is that connectivity then look at how you get the next one and the next one and the next one and it will just lead you to um to, to create something you know you start to look two and three steps ahead at that point don't you you know how, how do we we're, we're, we're solving this problem but how do we solve not just this problem as part of the solution but the problem that we know is going to come up in three steps time hmm. and that that will inherently create you a scalable product and the thing with real estate, and it's the it's the sort of the bad and the good, is that in, incestuous isn't isn't the right word, but it's it's you, you've got a lot of people that all know each other, a lot of people moving um, companies quite frequently, and as soon as you can start to solve those those smaller problems, people start to talk, mm. and actually sca- scaling the product then becomes less about spending two, three million quid a year on marketing, but just having really effective customer support and creating um, creating a, uh, a sort of club, if you like, you know, a partnership, a group of partners that are all in it to try and solve this problem together. Yeah. Um, and then people will start to, to talk about that and the network will inherently grow. And because our product is about connecting conveyancers, brokers, lenders, house builders, agents and buyers effectively, you know, you you get one house builder that works with one agent, that agent works with five other house builders, those five house builders have 10 conveyancers, those conveyancers work with brokers and all of a sudden you've got this network effect of people mm. that want to join, join the club yeah. and all you've got to do is create a product that en- enables them to consume it um, at the rate that they're demanding it. Yeah. So it's, it's effectively it's a piece of technology that's the platform, but actually you're connecting people, and it's a it's a trusted group of people that um you know uh, you, you know you've created this 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 network of people. Yeah. Nice. So in terms of you know looking back at the journey of the last three years, just over three years old now, right? Is that is that right? When when's the birthday? Uh, when was it? When was the birthday? May two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So just yeah, we just. Just turned three. Yeah, we're June 2017, so lovely. Um, so in terms of the looking back at the journey, what is the what you know what sticks out as one of the biggest challenges that you had to to um, you know overcome? Biggest challenges that we had to overcome, um, or anything that happened to you were like, God, that was a shit storm. We got through that. Oh God, um... <laughs> that sounded like an old girl. There were so many. <laughs> yeah, there was there. There have been there have been quite a lot. Um, I think when and you know coming back to this product based um, MVP thing, when we were launched, when we launched the first iteration of it, um, we didn't 
we didn't get enough feedback from the market as we should have and we've learned from that massively yeah and the first product that we put out there was just shit and you know we'd spent months and and thousands of 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 putting this product together as an mvp and we just wanted all we wanted was yes in principle this 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 works go and go and make it slicker and it was just fucking shit it was so bad and you know they say they say um if you're proud of the product that you put out then you launched you launched too late but I think we launched this one way too early. <laughs> do, do, do you think? Do you think you rushed it then? Out, you know, out of either inexperience or excitement, or you just wanted something out there. Um, I think a, a bit of both. Um, obviously, you know, you, you've only got limited. Foot, I mean, you know, as part of these funding rounds, you've got you've got milestones that you've got to hit. Mm. You know, so you can't you can't raise a certain amount of money and say, right, I'm going to build this product and I'm going to get some feedback on it, and then I'm going to raise some more. But then say, well, I haven't done that. I want more money. It's a very difficult conversation at that point. You've got to get something out there, um, and we we. And, and I'm, I'm sort of picking my words carefully here because I don't want to dissuade other people from putting their product out there early because that is fundamentally what you should do. Mm. Um, and maybe it's a pride thing, but we put that out and the feedback that we got was awful. It were, And what it did do was enable us to to get something. You know, it's like, it's like asking someone a question... Um, and you, you know, you need them to write down the answer, but not giving them a a, a a piece of paper. You know, at least this was that piece of paper that they could then go, no, cross, cross, cross. That's shit. That's that's good. That's shit. Um, that I think that the unfortunate thing with us was that it was all bad. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, speaking about it now, it does. Um, it was a it was a good opportunity for us to 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 get that feedback, and from them we built the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, and I suppose without that, we wouldn't be where we are. You've got to go through that iterative process. It's like it's like design, right? Which you you're familiar with. You you've got to start off with with something basic and then and then iterate on it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so so getting that getting that out there and the pain was just horrible. It was just horrible. Was and there um? It was horrible for a while. Yeah, I bet. Was there a bit of damage limitation then in terms of, you know, you put something out there that's shit and you've got shit feedback? Like, was there a bit of actually, you know, were you worried that you'd missed your chance in terms of you put something out there and people's opinions were decided or anything like that? Yeah, you do, don't you? I think you you, you always do. Um, You always think, you know, you always think, oh, they're going to tell everyone that it's shit. Um, But that doesn't, it doesn't materialise, really. Mm. I think that at the time... It was it was horrible, and we were you know we were pulling all nighters. We were doing proper tech crunches where it's forty eight hour, seventy two hour coding marathons, and you know, it was it was painful. We were all just ruined. Um, <laughs> In your WeWork <laughs> offices, right? Yeah, you were yeah, you're a proper proper startup doing all nighters in your WeWork. 
It's so cliche, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So on, on a more positive note, looking back at the last three years, what are, what are the what are the milestones when you look back and you're like, you know, I'm really proud of that or that was a real breakthrough? And it can be anything as simple as, you know, bringing on a certain team member or, you know, actually getting a product out that you're proud of. What what was best? Um, winning. Or, we've, we've won a fair amount of, of industry awards um which which are always you know amazing that's great it's it's acknowledgement from across the sector that the direction that you're pushing in is the right one um and they're fantastic but actually the biggest the biggest thing for us is when just just a bit of feedback from a from a negotiator on site or or you know just just a, a user of our platform that says this has saved me a hell of a lot of time this has has really helped me do my day to day it makes all of those shit times and all of those errors in product and all of that effort and you know sending me gray it just makes everything everything worth it mm. um looking back now I think, bloody hell, why did we take this on? It's a huge, huge undertaking to try and transform this, this, the sector holistically. Um, but, you know, the way that we've built it in these sort of bite-sized chunks has just sort of led to it. If now, if you were to send me back and say, right, this is what you're going to build and it would be your keys that we have now, I'd say there's absolutely no chance that we could do that. Um, it, it, and it won't be... A, it, it won't be acknowledged and accepted by the sector. Yeah. But but those step by step iterations have, have have made it so. And so the proudest thing for me is that we have, you know, we've got these clients on that are major PLCs and mm. they're they're looking at us as a solution to a problem that has been inherent for decades and decades. Yeah. And when you get that one piece of feedback from like one negotiator that says, Fucking hell, this is saving me a hell of a lot of time that's it's all it sounds cliche but it's all worth it for that that's all you want you can sleep sound at night when you get that one piece of of good feedback so that that's what we all do it for right absolutely and yeah amazing in in terms of yeah what, what you've done to bring those clients on board i think hats off so we've we've looked backwards you know we've looked at the either the challenges or the the positives the key milestones let's look to the future so what is what's in store in the next maybe a year or you can go as far as far as five years as you want what is what's going to happen um so we want to um well we want to be the 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 process performance benchmark and and the data layer that all property transactions in the uk are conducted on so actually creating the standard for how um, data is processed around around transactions and actually then being that sort of flexible data mesh or ecosystem in the background um, th that all the transactions are actually happening on. I think in a year's time we'll have 50% of the new build market and we'll have um, we'll have started our foray into the resale market hopefully with a successful beta in, in early uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and then over five years, we'd love to you know be the dominant player um, across the 1.2 million property transactions um, per year. And I, I think we've got, a, we've got a good chance of doing that. Amazing. Well, exciting, exciting times ahead. So in, in, just, just quickly, just going back to another question, but... Um, how come you've gone house new house builders first rather than you know um, the established 
well, old houses. <laughs> um, well, it was what I knew. Yeah. Typically, you know, coming from a, a house builder, mm -hmm. I knew that process inside and out. Yeah. Uh, over hundreds and hundreds of transactions, they all sort of funneled through me. So I understood exactly what all of the, the stakeholders were doing. So I could sort of reverse engineer it. Um, second reason is there are slightly less moving parts mm -hmm. in in the new homes piece so because you've got less you, you haven't got the ladder basically you haven't got a chain yeah well sometimes you do but um but more often than not you don't um and actually the the the, the scalability of it within new homes is because the documentation and the legal packs and all of that stuff is the same pretty much for a development with 200 units in it. Mm -hmm. All of the, the seller information is relatively the same. So you can automate all the buyer stuff and it'd be the same across 200 transactions. Yeah. Whereas in, in resale, you've got, you need sort of two data collection engines, one for the seller and one for the buyer. So it's a slightly com more complicated um, version. But through doing new homes, we've learned how to do resale. Yeah. Um, so we've already started prototyping it, and it looks it looks great. Nice, exciting times. So, Ricardo, thanks again for coming on. I think you know when uh, we talk about challenges i think you you really are up there in terms of yeah seeing a problem and launching a yeah a piece of a piece of software and, and an idea you know that was what it started off at as something that was that would disrupt do things differently uh, and tear up the rule book which is what you know everyone should be about and if you if you want to make some noise then uh, find a simple idea which you know when you you talk this through it does sound simple but actually, uh, you know, it's genius coming up with those simple ideas. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, we we like to end all of these podcasts. We talked about Ricardo all the way through. But now we want you to give a tribute to somebody else, someone out there. Either it could be a team member or someone in the public eye or anybody who you want to give a bit of a shout out to this week. Shout out to someone this week. Um, actually, without uh, without going too deep, my wife's had a, had some um, tough times over the last couple of weeks with family problems and stuff. Don't want to end on a negative note, but I'm I'm incredibly proud of how she's pulled through and and kept a stiff upper lip and positive about about the whole thing. So I won't go into why, but really proud of her this week. So this is a, a good opportunity for me to say um, to say I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know any context either, but I, I, I echo that. Absolutely. Thanks again, Ricardo. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, mate. You've been listening to FYI, the podcast featuring the biggest challenges in business and marketing. FYI was brought to you by Lovegun, an award-winning branding and design agency based in London. Subscribe, follow and share on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for plenty more where this came from.